Apple Card is the perfect cashback rewards credit card. You earn up to 3% daily cash on every purchase every day. That's 3% on your favorite products at Apple, 2% on all other Apple Card with Apple Pay purchases, and 1% on anything you buy with your titanium Apple Card or virtual card number. Visit apple.co slash card calculator to see how much you can earn. Apple Card, issued by Goldman Sachs Bank USA, Salt Lake City branch, subject to credit approval terms apply. When it comes to your finances, go for the credit card that's always there for you. With 24-7 US-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, that means no more waiting for, quote, normal business hours just to get a hold of someone. Real service from real people whenever you need it. Get the customer service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. From the American Museum of Natural History in New York City and beaming out across all of space and time, this is Star Talk, where science and pop culture collide. Welcome to Star Talk. I'm your host, Neil deGrasse Tyson, your personal astrophysicist. We've got a Cosmic Queries edition of Star Talk. The subject, bioethics. <laughs> My co-host, Paul Mercurio. Paul. Nice to see you Welcome again. back, dude. Yeah, thanks for having me back. Thanks for making some time for us before warming up yeah. uh, uh, Stephen Colbert's oh, yeah, audience. But, so you're right down the street. Yeah, yeah, which is up the street from you yeah, from here. Yeah, you provide a limo, which is nice. <laughs> <laughs> no. Did uh, we? No. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. Now, you're not a bioethicist. No. Neither am I. No. Even though we might have thoughts on the matter. Yes. Right, right? And Every day, I'm constantly... <laughs> 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 I wake up and go, what is going on ethically? And, yeah. Bioethically, Bio yeah. Right, right, right. So we went back into our Rolodex mm. uh, and re-invited Professor Matthew Liao. Matthew, welcome back to Star Talk. Thank you. So we last had you on stage live in front of an audience at New York Comic Con. Mm -hmm. And we had uh, Adam Savage with us as well. And we were talking about human augmentation mm -hmm. and whether that would be uh, bioethical. Mm -hmm. And, and uh, you said off camera, you remember that that was my birthday? Uh, I, we I, we sung, right? Oh, I, uh, I, I try to forget. <laughs> yes, those I think three, 3,000 people sang. <laughs> they to did. You. They all sang. They, they all did yeah. sing. Yeah. Um, it so, was written on a program that that was required when they came in. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, welcome back. Yeah. And, uh, good to have you. You are director of the bioethics. A program. The Center for Bioethics at NYU. At NYU, Center for mm -hmm. Bioethics and uh, New York University right here in town. Mm -hmm. So easy date for you. So we'll be calling more on you oh, as great. we think of these yeah. issues. Mm -hmm. uh, so we've got questions. Paul, Yes, uh, I haven't seen them. I don't know if, if Matthew's seen no, them. No, he is not. And uh, we'll just sort of jump right in. Well, let me mm -hmm. just find out. What is bioethics? What's so an example? It's just to, just kinda, to, so we're on the same page. Yeah, it's the study of biomedical uh, issues arising out of biomedical technology. Mostly medical now. Yeah, mostly medical. But it could also involve things like artificial intelligence and sort of uh, its connection to healthcare. So Yeah, uh, but AI is not bio. 
uh, on purpose. <laughs> right. So right, right. But it could be. So used what you want for, is silicon ethics. Yeah, silicon <laughs> ethics. That's right. That's right. Well, a lot of people are now thinking about putting in uh, things like brain-computer interfaces into their, you know, into their brains uh -huh. and things like that. So the silicon and the uh, the organic matter they're kind of merging. Oh, uh, now. so this so, this complicates your job. That's right. That's or right. makes it more interesting. Both. Yes. Yeah. What's the fastest moving area? Is it AI? Is it uh, is it uh, Genetic manipulation, like what's? Yeah, I think both of them are uh, uh, occurring concurrently. So there's the CRISPR technology, gene editing technology that's sort of really advancing. I and, like that because uh, if you can mutate my genes so I don't have to go to the gym, yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm your guy. <laughs> Is that how that works? I'm yeah, your guy. <laughs> that's exactly how it works. You can do it today. <laughs> so. Uh. Um, and then there's the artificial intelligence. Uh, people are using that for things like cancer. You know, their uh, pathologists uh, are looking at sort of uh, these images. The AI is getting really good at rec uh, pattern recognition and image recognition. Mm -hmm. They can spot sort of cancer cells almost as good as the, uh, pathologists now. Mm -hmm. so. Okay, so... So, but that wouldn't be an ethical thing. That's just the machine can do it better, so let the machine do it. Right. Right. So ethics would be now the machine knows your condition and it's connected to the internet. Yeah. And so a hacker might have access. Yeah. Or uh, say that um, you know the insurance company. Oh yeah, uh, yeah. You you know knows right. the algorithms and tries to hack it and sort of make it look like it's not cancer when it is or something like that. Oh. Or sort of issues to do with privacy. Well, he's right? paid to think about this stuff. <laughs> it's incredible. You have a very diabolical mind. <laughs> right. Exactly. Yeah, we come up with a way we can foil this system. Right. When you're out for dinner and, yeah. and the waitress goes, "Would you yeah. like to have dessert?" You're like, "What do you mean by that?" Uh, <laughs> I, uh, um, are you fun around people? I mean, I mean, yeah, you're fun, yeah. but like, do you? Like if they want to do something a little like inappropriate, like put a little extra gas in when nobody notices, you go like, no, there's an ethical issue there. Uh, How ethical are you? Is the, is the yes. short question oh, right. there? Well, uh, there there are surveys that say that ethicists aren't necessarily necessarily more ethical. Oh really? So they you know, apparently they uh, steal uh, they steal uh, sort of books from libraries and, oh. and they don't call their mothers, you oh. know, uh, on Mother's Day and yeah. things like that. So yeah. um, I call my. I call my mom. Okay, so it's Mother's Day. Do as so. you say, not as you do. That's, <laughs> that's, right. Yeah, that's right. That's right. That's right. All right. So, so, what questions do you have, Paul? Yeah. Uh, we're going to start with the Patreon question. Patreon, let's do yeah. it. This is Oliver. Kiss up to the Patreon. Yeah, okay. absolutely. We love them. This is Oliver Gigaz. I'm sorry if I'm mispronouncing that. Mm -hmm. um, uh, personally, I feel that we, the general public, aren't talking enough about subjects like bioethics and AI even though they are clearly going to be a huge part of the future. Do either of you feel the same way? And if so, how can we better educate ourselves on these subjects? I completely agree. And so one of the things I try to do is to um, yeah, talk to the public about uh, some of these issues and, um, and you know, work in this area, things like uh, sort of gene editing and artificial intelligence. Sort how of much of it is just yeah. fear? Mm -hmm that people don't understand the technology. And so we fear everything we don't understand. I think that, it, doesn't it come down to that at some level? Yeah, I think a lot of it is that. Just people are scared of new technologies. They, um, they're they very cautious. And there's and also- great science fiction writers that take it to the worst that's right. topic <laughs> right. in the future. Right? <laughs> that's right. The, you know, the robots are after us. They're going to kill us. Oh, yeah. The super intelligence is coming. Mm -hmm. um, and so people get really scared and they think, oh, we should not do any of this stuff. And that's also bad for science. It's bad for progress. Yeah, but I just um, bought a so, car where I don't yeah. have a dipstick anymore and I just hit a button and it tells me the oil. The oil really? starts. Really? Yeah. 
And I'm a little weirded out by that. Like, I want the physical thing. Get off my lawn. <laughs> yeah, like I'm not an old man yet. <laughs> but I don't trust them. Young whippersnapper. What if the oil companies have adjusted the, the, the program of that so that it's falsely telling me I need oil to make extra money? Yeah. We should uh, hang out. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. So you, you sound like a bioethicist already. <laughs> Man. I, I so. was, okay, just not to, not to hang you out to dry. Yeah. When the dashboard became all screen mm -hmm. without a mechanical speedometer, right. where it just it turns on. Mm -hmm. And it, in what turns on, it has your mileage. And I'm thinking... This is a screen. Come on now. <laughs> exactly. Okay. Exactly. Well, there's no mechanical mile. How does who? I, and I got all old, old man on it. I said, <laughs> give me back my dial. <laughs> I'm with you. I unplug my toaster every night because I think it's going to catch fire. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. The whole thing is sort of overwhelming for people on some level. Yeah. So I think you you hit on exactly the right issue, and the issue I is did? is trust. Like trust in technologies, trust trust in algorithms, trust in like how do we make sure that when we roll out these technologies, there's trust, and um, and that's the job of the scientists, but also the ethicists and everybody. And the educator. Yeah, and the educator. Yeah, to yeah. make sure that we can actually trust these things. So uh, here's a question yeah. that I remembered getting asked of the public, mm -hmm. and I remembered at the time what my answer was then, and it still is today. Mm -hmm. But the public in the day mm -hmm. answered differently. Here's the question: um, If the uh, something happens. You're on an airplane, mm -hmm. and there's something goes wrong with the airplane. Mm -hmm. Okay, and what would you trust? A button that says "auto fly this thing home," or a trained Navy pilot who decorated trained Navy pilot to bring it home? It was a the pilot, of course. And I'm thinking. No, give me the automatic. <laughs> like, like push the auto button. Right. What if he just had a fight with his yeah. wife and just downed a right. bottle of scotch That's in the what, airport? Yeah. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. The button didn't have a bottle of scotch, guaranteed. <laughs> so, so, and today, I yeah. mean, what my my thinking has borne out because mm -hmm. planes are designed mm -hmm. that they cannot actually be flown mm -hmm. by a human being. There's too many surfaces that are yeah. under control right. of the computer. That's why flying is so stable. Yeah. Now. So that's it's do you trust the technology or not? That's right. Yeah. And so in order to trust the technology, you have to make sure that it's safe, it's tested, it's reliable. It can be uh, sort of adversarially attacked. And that's why sort of uh, ethicists uh, like myself, we ask these you know, questions like things like, well, what happens? You know, we imagine these uh, hypothetical examples like what happens if the insurance company is trying to cheat you and right. do certain things or, you know, if the hacker is trying to hack into the algorithm or the imaging thing, you know, like there are ways of, uh, th there's plenty of evidence that some of these imaging, uh, machine learning technologies can be hacked. Right? But the thing that's amazing to me is like science and especially what you do is so sort of on track with ethics it's a microcosm because in the society in general, ethics seems to be the last thing. It's like worrying about table manners at a Game of Thrones red wedding, right? Like you just sort of, you guys have this ability to really think about these things. Like there's this conversation about like, well, AI could de like destroy the planet. Well, humans are already kind of doing that. So <laughs> is it any worse? Right. Maybe AI can do it better. <laughs> exactly. More efficiently. Well, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Less yeah. dallying yeah. about. Yeah. Less complaining. Yeah. Well, that's, you know, so some people think that, you know, the super intelligence, you know, if they were to be created, they're going to decide that, hey, we're destroying the, you know, um, we're destroying the planet. And one way to stop, uh, to help the planet is by, like, killing all of us. You know, uh, because 
we're a virus. <laughs> because we're viruses. Yeah. <laughs> That's the word my wife so. uses for me. Uh, <laughs> That's a line from The Matrix. The yes. first Matrix. Yeah. The, in, right, so, Paul. Yes. You got more questions. I do. Go. Um, Raymond Oyang, uh, StarTalkRadio.net. Nice. Question about morals and science. Are there any circumstances in science where it would be acceptable to bypass ethics in human experimentation if the findings hmm, would lead to greater good? Wow. Ooh, good wow. one. Wow. Yeah. Wasn't really... that the entire Nazi medical yeah. enterprise? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, the, and, the, and the Tuskegee study? That's the, the Tuskegee study as yeah, well. Yeah, just tell us yeah. about one or both of those, and then yeah. tell us what... That's a great question here. Yeah, yeah. so the Nazis were sort of experimenting they, uh, on human, uh, sort of on humans. They're sort of, for example, they're taking them up into the airplanes to see how uh, much pressure a human being can withstand. These, These are were, mostly Jews and other that's uh, right. undesirables that's in, right. the, in, the, in the Germanic model that's right, of humanity. That's right. Yeah. And, um, and they, you know, apparently some people say that they were able to find out, you know, things that we wouldn't have otherwise you know, found, but still, I think that uh, it's very clear now that you know we need to sort of abide by these ethical norms, and we shouldn't, you know, we should we need to stick to research ethics. And there's sort of uh, since the there's something called the Belmont Report that came out as a result of the Tuskegee experiments. And Just describe um, the Tuskegee, yeah, yeah. briefly. So, uh, it's it's uh, where uh, it's the experiment where there are these subjects and they were given syphilis um, and they were uh, they weren't told that uh, I thought they already they, had syphilis they already had syphilis but they were told they were being treated but in fact they weren't that's right that's and then the observation was to see the progress of syphilis in the human body that, that and, and all the subjects were black men th that's right right that's right after that when when it was discovered um, basically that was the birth of bioethics as a field people decided that we shouldn't be doing this you know we need to look at there were sort of different principles um, that were being proposed things like do no harm um, you need to make sure that the research benefits the subject, and then you need to make sure that there's autonomy, there's mm -hmm. informed consent. So mm -hmm. a lot of the biological principles came out as do a no result. Interesting. Well, yeah. Oh, go ahead. Well, yeah. do no harm. That's in yeah. there. That's part yeah. of the Hippocratic yeah. Oath. That's, yeah, 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 but yes, talk yes. to Mickey Rourke surgeons. I mean, they're not. They're, they right. they right. violated that thing eight ways to Sunday. Right. I mean, isn't that sort of part of the like the medical field? To me, seems like that was it fair to say the first sort of a area where bioethics and was sort of really founded in some way. Yeah. And yet it seems like that profession, they're all over the place. I mean, there's pimple popper shows and TLC. <laughs> like, you know? Well, I think maybe their intent is to not do harm, even yeah. if they end up doing harm. Right. Yeah. Right. Like yeah. plastic surgery. It yeah. can go wrong. Yeah. That wasn't their intent. Yeah. yeah. Right. It's like me with a bad joke. Yeah. <laughs> you did harm. <laughs> it was a lot of harm. That yeah. set did a lot of harm. <laughs> yeah. And I can't bring it back. Yeah. Okay. So what you're saying is, uh, this is an interesting enlightened posture, which is no matter what is going on, I will do no harm to you, mm -hmm. even mm -hmm. if having done harm to you saves the lives of a hundred other people. Mm -hmm. Because you, the individual is has the priority in this exchange, in that's this right. relationship. That's right. So that's that's enlightened mm -hmm. and, and even profound, mm -hmm. I think. And so... Is the converse of this this whole issue with measles now mm -hmm. and how... Because I'm really fascinated by that. So someone is it morally against a, a vaccination because they think it causes autism and mm -hmm. yet they're putting entire communities at risk, right? right? Mm -hmm. Where, what is the conversation in mm. your field now about that? Yeah, I mean, it's... And what do you serve at a measles party? Salmonella cake? I'm just curious. <laughs> like, what do you... What do you but, yeah, <laughs> yeah. But like, that seems, seems to me to be... Yeah. So my own view about vaccination is that we have a public duty to, 
you know, be vaccinated. And so that comes from sort of not harming other people. So we have an obligation not to harm other people. Um, And so the the issue with vaccination is that we also have a right to bodily integrity. So some people think that we shouldn't be forced to be vaccinated if we don't want to. And I think that's right. But I also think that that doesn't mean that we ourselves don't have a duty to be vaccinated. So we should do it um, voluntarily. So, so there's a greater good. That's right. That, it's a greater good argument that overrides the the personal integrity. Well, you can personal integrity is something that you can waive. It's your right, but you can waive it, right? In these cases, and so in this case, I think that we have a duty to uh, serve the public uh, by getting vaccinated. Yeah. You kind of straddle the fence there a little. Yeah. <laughs> you want to create a law. You should run for president. <laughs> <laughs> that was good. You did not answer that question. You know what? That was an unethical answer. Oh. <laughs> no, no. 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 It's interesting. It's really complicated. Yeah. Well, and they actually dealt with a little bit of this in Planet of the Apes because you have the intelligent chimps and they're doing medical experiments on the humans that mm. they captured. Mm-hmm. And we think that's abom- an abomination because we're human. Right. But of course, we do that on lab animals all the time. That's right. So who are we to say that they can't do that? And yet the quality of our life is much better because we do it. So it's sort of this whole balancing act. Yeah. That's Um, why we have you. Yeah. Yeah, okay. (laughs) Not to do experiments on you. Right, right, right. right. (laughs) That's next week. You come back and there's a dungeon and we take you there. Wait, wait. Let me just, I can't let this go. Is there, so there's not even some numerical threshold where you would say harm to one person if it saves a hundred or a thousand. Mm Mm-hmm. Or a million, yeah, or a billion. Uh, so there's this view. It's called threshold deontology, and it's so, threshold deontology. Deontology. That's right. And it's the view that there's a threshold, and when you cross that threshold, then it might be okay to harm somebody in order. But isn't to, it arbitrary yeah. who decides what the threshold is? Yeah. Well, so part, that's why we have him. <laughs> <laughs> You're making all of he's, these. He's decisions. the ethicist. You. <laughs> I'm leaving. <laughs> You're yeah. sitting next to an ethicist. Who yeah. makes these decisions? He yeah. makes the decisions. He yeah. and his people. Yeah. <laughs> he has people. He has a team. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I, you're you're uh, you're absolutely right. So where's the threshold? It's not okay to say kill one to save five people. But really? is it okay to kill one to save a million people? Right. Or a, what is a billion threshold? people? What's the threshold? Well, what, but if, right? if it's yeah. if one to five is okay, oh, it's not okay. Yeah. Okay, but okay. So, but yeah. then you're saying, is, let's yeah. say, no joke here. Neil is one of the five, <laughs> but then there's a million, and you're saying it's okay. It's it's okay. It, You've devalued his life based on the number of people that in that's, a group. Yeah, that doesn't seem any, to be any logic to that. Yeah. So some people say that. Um, well, if we were to think that it's okay to kill Neil in order to save a billion people. Say, what? How did right? I get in the middle of this? <laughs> well, you're just, Paul. well, yeah. you're very smart, extremely intelligent, so you're yeah. worth a billion people. I'm yeah. worth like a dog. I'm the equivalent of a dog. Yeah. Then all of us. This is like, this yeah. is, it's the rowboat thing. Right. Do you throw out Abe right. Lincoln? Yeah. Do you keep the criminal? Right. That's right. Like, what do and you by do? the way, That's how right. would we kill Neil? Just out of curiosity, <laughs> would it be a slow death? Or would I'm it an ethicist. Ethical way. To kill me. The yeah. most ethical channel the whole yeah. time. Painless, painless, <laughs> you know, painless way of doing it. So, um, so, so tell me that it's called the the threshold deontology. Threshold deontology. Yeah, and so that's you know the view that there's a threshold beyond which it's okay to harm somebody in order to save the greater number. So at the towards the end of the movie, the secret of Santa Vittoria. This is I, I don't I don't know if it's fiction or if it's based on a real story. There's a town. In Italy, 
<laughs> that had this, or it might have been France, uh, this amazing wine producing. Uh, they're fam- world famous for their wine. Mm-hmm. And the Nazis were coming through, and they didn't want the Nazis to get it. Mm. So they hid the wine in a cave and bricked it over and then put moss on it and made it look aged. And then the Nazis came in looking for the wine, and they couldn't find it, and they scoured the countryside. And they decided that whoever's the next person that comes out in the street, they're going to torture them and find out where the wine is hidden. So the townspeople agreed to let the prisoner out of the... They said, you're free to go. And the the prisoner didn't know any of this. The prisoner was just a thing. The prisoner comes out, and the Nazis torture him. Wow. And they couldn't figure out where it was, and the Nazis leave. Jesus. It would have been hilarious if the guy they tortured was a sommelier, and they just got <laughs> caught. Come on, man. I just got my degree. Really? And yeah, what are you doing in jail, though? <laughs> yeah, yeah. All right, we got to take a quick break, and when we come back, more on bioethics. Yeah. Really cool when Startosh continues. Sleep, grocery shopping, themselves, just a few things working moms seldom have time for. And during tax season, you can add taxes to their list. So for all you working moms, make the easy switch to H&R Block and have an expert make easy work of your taxes. H&R Block guarantees your taxes are 100% accurate and your max refund or your money back. Plus, with their no surprise guarantee, you'll always know the price of your tax prep before you begin. You can even have an H&R Block tax pro do your taxes in a block office or online from the comfort of your own home. Can your current tax guy promise all that? When you're buried under life's to-dos, let the experts at H&R Block stay on top of your taxes with a return that's right on the money and your biggest refund possible. Because tax season after tax season, it's better with Block. Make an appointment at hrblock.com. All tax situations are different. Not everyone gets a refund. Limitations apply. Descriptions of benefits and details at hrblock.com slash guarantees. Whether you're a family vacation traveler, business tripper, or long weekend adventurer, Choice Hotels has a stay for any you. And that's good because there are a lot of me's. Choice Hotels has over 7,400 locations and 22 brands, including Comfort Hotels, Radisson Hotels, and Cambria Hotels. Get the best value for your money when you book with Choice Hotels. Cambria Hotels feature locally inspired hotel bars with specialty cocktails and downtown locations in the center of it all. Hey, that's me. Radisson Hotels have flexible workspaces to get the most of your business travel and on-site restaurants. That's me, too. And at Comfort Hotels, you'll enjoy free hot breakfast with fresh waffles, great pools for the entire family, and spacious rooms. Hey, that's me, too. I guess I'm just going to have to stay at all of them. Choice Hotels has a stay for any of you. Book direct at choicehotels.com, where travel comes true. Bring everyone together for a great time with the Nintendo Switch system. Get the whole family in on the fun with exciting games that everyone can enjoy, like Super Mario Bros. Wonder, Animal Crossing, New Horizons, and more. Nintendo Switch has three different play modes all in one system. Play in TV mode, tabletop mode, or handheld mode when you're on the go. Visit nintendo.com US Switch to learn more. 
Games rated E for everyone. Bringing space and science down to earth. You're listening to Star Talk. Back on Star Talk, we're talking about bioethics. My co-host, my guest co-host, this episode, Paul Mercurio. Paul, hey, you tweet, Paul? Mm-hmm. But give me your Twitter handle uh, at Paul Mercurio. At- okay, very creative. Well, <laughs> 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 I had my people. We gathered around. We had a long meeting. I, by the way, it's M E C U R I O. I only say that because there's an Australian actor, Paul Mercurio. M-E-R-C-U-R-I-O. Mercurio. Which is actually how I spell my name, but he got in the actors' union before I did. He was in Strictly Ballroom and Exit to Eden. Whoa. So I did my first guest appearance on a sitcom. You had to my change manager your calls that you have to change your name. I'm like, why? Did I bust a law or something? <laughs> He's like, no, there's this guy. So it's M-E-C-U-R-I-O. And in Mercurio. retrospect, I should have just changed it to like Smith because it would have been a lot easier. Mercurio is cool. Yeah. Reminds me of the planet Mercury. Oh, there you go. Yeah. 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 And we have Professor Matthew Liao. Welcome. And uh, you're head of the uh, Bioethics Center at mm-hmm. New York University. Mm-hmm. And we're reading questions. We've got questions we from are. our fan base. We have another mm-hmm. question from Bioethics. Matt, Maddie. I'm mm-hmm. going to call you Maddie the rest of the show. <laughs> <laughs> All right. uh, uh, this is Hey Hyder from Instagram. Uh, do you think CRISPR's technology will allow us to take the DNA of an athlete or maybe a bounty hunter, <laughs> tweak it uh, to be even better and stronger than the original, and then take the DNA and create... A clone army. Can we do that? And if so, please send the instructions to my bunker. No, I just added that one. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, so okay, yeah, cool. Yeah, so yeah. what's up with that? So I yes, I think that's uh, possible. I mean, sort of the fact that some people are stronger than others is uh, partly genetics, right? Mm-hmm. And so if we can figure out the ge- genome, but don't say sequence. that because now Paul will say, "I'm not getting muscles because it's genetic." <laughs> right, right. So therefore, there's no point in going to <laughs> right. the gym. The Twinkies have nothing to do with it. <laughs> right, right. I did say partly. Partly. <laughs> Partly, Partly. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And so, like LeBron James, you know, mm-hmm. sort of, um, uh, you know, because of his genes, right? And so, if you can sort of sequence... Well, he's big the, because of his genes, but yeah. is he athletic because of his genes? Yeah, he needs to work out. And, yes, yeah. okay. So, there's definitely the You get your height part. And, and other things very bluntly from your genes. That's right, right, that's right. And so, we can figure that part out. And so, and then you can imagine using CRISPR technology to then put that into sort of either gametes or embryos and then create, um, you know, offsprings that have those traits. So, so this, is, this is in our future? Uh, I think so. I think this is, uh, this is something that can be done. Uh, so, we'll, so, so we will breed into our own civilization yeah. entire classes of people for our own entertainment. Well, Is that anything yeah. different from sumo wrestlers in Japan? It's called the one and done rule in college basketball. <laughs> Isn't that what we're doing basically? Like, yeah. No, uh, tell me about it. Sumo wrestlers. Yeah. No, it's not a genetic thing, but they, they're specially treated and that, especially fed that's right. to be that's sumo right. wrestlers. That's right. Yeah, and that's a cultural thing. They don't live long, and everybody knows this. I don't think they reach forty, age forty. Yeah. So, so is that really any different from doing that genetically? So uh, that's what you know. So people talk about designer babies and the ethics uh, of designer babies. Like, so there's the question of whether we can do it, but then there's also whether we should be doing this. Um, and I think it's very Jurassic yeah. Park. <laughs> there, really. exactly. And I think uh, Neil asked a really good. Do you question. have an evil lair? <laughs> <laughs> 
right? Which is that we're already doing a lot of this, uh, you know, this hyper parenting. Yeah. Uh, look at like Serena Williams and you know Venus Williams. Yeah, but that's different know. than manipulating uh, through yeah. CRISPR, manipulating. Yeah. A, a but the result is the same. Yeah, it's not different. Yeah. So the question is, what's the difference? Right. Yeah. What's the difference? One uh, psychologically, yeah. and the other is through. Genetic. Well, uh, yes, so, so the means are different. That's definitely right. But why does that make a normative difference, right? Why is it sort of ethically different when we do it at the genetic level as opposed to after the, you know, sort of like after the child is born? So maybe it's uh, it's yeah. because uh, maybe I can, you might have genetically bred me this way, but I yeah. can choose to not do this. Right. But can you? Ha- yeah. Shouldn't you have bred him in a way not to fight who he is and what he is? Yeah. yeah, but maybe I'll say I'd rather just be a poet and then you can't stop me. Whereas otherwise, if you're raising me this other way, then there's all this conflict. Yeah. You know, go yeah. to the gym, do your great, eat your right. three squares, yeah, right. whatever, right. or yeah. stay at the piano. Yeah. But, and right, it's conflict at home. Mm-hmm. Whereas you can be genetic, you can have a genetic propensity, but then just decline. Yeah. The option. Yeah. Boring house, though. I'd rather be like, I'm not, I don't have a mom, and then slam the door, you know? Yeah. Well, the problem is, what if you also genetically modify the motiv- motivations so that the child wants to be uh, a, a super athlete or super pianist? Could you, you make know? me want to be Neil deGrasse? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe, you know? I just want to be able to talk like this. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> we have another one? Yeah. Okay. So the answer is yeah. yes, it's possible, and it could yeah. happen. Yeah. And we need more of you, the ethicist, yeah. around at that time yeah. to either say no or yes to it. Right. Good. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Launchpad Cat Instagram. Is mm-hmm. there any such committees that uh, regulates new technology such as genetic tech or AI and puts regulators in place preemptively to prevent it uh, from being used for amoral things like uh, eugenics or something of that sort. Mm-hmm. So the U.S. has a uh, sort of uh, the. Just remind people what eugenics is. Right. Yeah. <laughs> eugenesis. Yeah. No, no. Uh, remind people what eugenics. Oh, uh, eugenics yeah. is this idea. It's, it means well-born, and so it basically, uh, you know, the Nazis were trying to breed these uh, people to sort of, you know, like a certain race or certain class of people, uh, thinking that uh, some genes are better than others. Um, and there's, uh, yeah, but even at a time yeah. when the concept of gene was not really, they just knew that if you breed two people who are desirable, yeah. presumably you'll get a desirable person. Mm-hmm. And then you prevent others who are undesirable from breeding. Mm-hmm. And then you can systematically shift the balance in the population to, right. be a, to be a demographic who you want and care about. So the Aryan uh, uh, ideal yeah. was then what was sought. That's Isn't right. that happening in a way with breeding dogs and breeding purebreds yeah. and, yeah. and sort of yeah. inbreeding? And, and plants and... So like know, Irish so. setters are out of their minds. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they just Because they've been bred so much. We have a dog that we adopted. It's like a mutt and she's... Totally chill. <laughs> totally chill. Yeah, but, but no, no, Jeanette, yeah. Breed, breeding, breeding. We've been doing it with, with plants yeah, and no, animals. That's uh, right. Other animals. That's right. But is there really going to be a board that's going to oversee this preemptively? I mean, I, I said this before, but like, look at the medical profession. There are a lot of questionable things that are going on in the medical profession. Yeah. And there's a board that oversees that. Yeah. Preemptively. The boards right. have ethicists on it. Right? That's right. That's right. There's there's uh, sort of different research committees. They have um, uh, oversight, sort of IRBs. Uh, so they're institutional. Research uh, boards, and institutional they, research board, yeah, board. Yeah, and then they have ethicists on uh, on those boards to look over research, look over the experiments to make sure that they're ethical. The problem is that 
uh, with these IRBs, uh, it's sort oh, of... Wait, it, there's something yeah. like that. Yeah. It, we're not allowed to, we, the scientific community, yeah. there are rules about what animals you can do laboratory tests on. Really? Right. Like chimpanzees, there's certain right. things you can't do. That's right. Or that you can, and depending on... Whatever someone's judgment, That's some right. panel's judgment yeah. as to the value of that animal to the ecosphere yeah. or to whatever. Yeah. Um, and other than PETA, if you're doing it to a rat, I don't think anyone cares. I was going to say yeah. the rat, like yeah, yeah, that yeah. poor thing gets yeah. slammed every yeah. time. Yeah. Okay, so do you think yeah. it can be effective going forward? Yeah, so the, I mean... It's only effective if the researchers are responsible. That's right. Okay. That's right. Yeah, and also um, the value of the research has to justify whatever research that you're doing. So you can't just sort of... Um, you know, torture these rats for fun. Um, you can't? Yeah, you cannot, oh, right? Jesus. So that's very unethical, right? And so... <laughs> you told me that a couple of weeks ago. <laughs> you know, so in order to do research, even on animals, even on rats and mice, you have to be able to justify it to an institutional research board. You have to sort of say, why is this necessary? Um, and there's no other way. You have to show that there's no other way. Oh, yeah, and this yeah, is sort yeah. of yeah, the less harmful way oh. of doing it. The least harmful way of doing it. And it's not the, the rat's research. fault it doesn't have hair on its tail. The <laughs> squirrel does. It yes. <laughs> <laughs> <You> look adorable. <laughs> yeah, it's not its fault, it's but it's not, got a little, it's really pointy nose. It's and not it's, its fault. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's just hanging yeah. out. Right. It's yeah. a rat. It's uh, not its fault it eats your garbage. Oh, <laughs> well, now it's my fault. <laughs> it's <your laughs> I'm sorry I put my garbage out. Squirrel eats nuts and rat eats your garbage. Garbage and you don't like right. it. Right. Pigeon, right? Rats with wings. Do we do experiments on those? Hmm. We should get look into that. <laughs> Are we having another one? Yeah, I guess keep going. Keep All right. Uh, Scotia Show Frandon, Instagram. Um, if in the future our noble intentions lead to the practice of genetically editing fetuses for preventing birth defects and future diseases, how do we avoid the pitfall of creating designer babies and the possible repercussions, uh, genetic inequality, caste systems, etc.? And would it, uh, would it even be a pitfall at all? Mm. Yes. So that's right. Like, would it even be a pitfall at all? Maybe this is something we should think about doing. Mm -hmm. uh, maybe there are good reasons to do it. For example, but to do what? Uh, to genetically uh, have designer babies uh -huh. uh, to engage in genetic editing. So this is where we were talking about earlier that people, as soon as you know, when they think about new technologies, they get very scared. Uh, but maybe there are good uses of these technologies. So just for for uh, for example, uh, if we want to sort of go. Uh, engage in if, if we want to go to the moon or go to space, we want to make sure that we're more uh, radiation uh, radiation resistant, mm -hmm. right? And so there's maybe there's some sort of genetic thing uh, uh, basis where we can sort of uh, be more uh, radiation resistant. And so that's something that we should look into if we want to sort of. So that means you breed uh, people for certain jobs. That, yeah, mm. yeah. But this idea of like creating the perfect human, like I mean, I don't know. I don't even know if anybody wants that. I mean, everybody hates Tom Brady. Right? <laughs> <laughs> and that's about as perfect no, as you're going to get. I, how, and I'm a Patriots fan saying that. Here's where I would take that. Yeah. I would say, yeah. isn't so much of what we are, what we've been through to overcome what we're not? Mm. So that if you come out perfect, then where does your character get developed? Mm. Where is your sense of... Because you're of, interacting in an imperfect world, right? So your perfection is always challenged. Well, I'm just saying who you are is almost always what you have overcome in life. Absolutely. If you're perfect, you, there's nothing for you to overcome. What do you got to show mm -hmm. for anything? Yeah. 
So yeah. you're saying it's unachievable to create a perfect person. No, you can create a perfect person, but they will achieve nothing. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I'm saying. The real achievers, they, they, stuff happened to them. Hey, right. Doc, uh, I was yeah. supposed to be perfect and I'm not. <laughs> What's going on here? <laughs> Look at the real achievers in life. They've overcome something. Yes. Mm -hmm. It's yes. a broken family. There's mm -hmm. a thing. They have a lisp, but they've got a this. They have a limp. A, th they a, got, a therapist gave me a list yeah. of people that, things that, people who were rejected you know that like Edison, yes, they, uh, Bell. No one, no one's going to want to talk to each other far apart through a box, and they were rejected and rejected and overcame. Yeah, right. Mm -hmm. That's what I'm saying. So if, if you're perfect, you might be of no use to anyone. Right. Yeah. So I think there there are two things to say there. So one is that you know human goals will change like the better you get. So you know like my kids when they're five years old, they like to play go fish. Right. But now they're 10 years old. They don't play go fish anymore. It's too boring. Right. Because mm. you've kind of outgrown that. Mm. Right. And so you can imagine that uh, when we get smarter, there are other things, there are other challenges. Um, you know, that we don't even know uh, of. That right we don't now. even know of right mm -hmm. now. Right. Okay. Um, and then the, the, the flip side of that is, you know, if you really think that there's really value to being imperfect, then that can be, you know, there's an app for that. <laughs> <laughs> You know, like, uh, like, so make it more challenging. Okay, take it back. <laughs> so. right, should we do another question? Yeah, uh, real quick, real quick. Another question, go. Okay, yeah. here we go. Yeah. Uh, Patrick Lynn, Facebook. Are there any red lines that we should not cross uh, or maybe never cross in science and in ethics? Uh, and a related question, are there any ethical red lines today that you think should be rolled back. Mm -hmm. Ooh, good one. And yeah. we don't have time to answer that because we have to take a break. <laughs> when we come back, the red, line, the red line, should you cross it or not, on Star Talk. You know what shouldn't feel like rocket science? Planning a vacation your whole crew will love. With Carnival Cruise Line, it's all up to you. You can kick back or dive right into the fun. Paddleboard in the crystal clear waters of one of Carnival's exclusive destinations, Half Moon Key in the Bahamas. Take an ATV ride through the jungle or just relax on white sandy Caribbean beaches. The fun continues on ship. From a ride on Bolt roller coaster to a moment of pure bliss at the Cloud Nine Spa. Kick off the evening with a craft cocktail at any of Carnival's dazzling bars and lounges and take your pick of restaurants from surf and turf to family-style Italian. Then settle in for an evening of live entertainment. Whatever your vibe is, you'll come home with plenty of stories to tell. So pack those bags, be sure to leave room for a few unforgettable memories because no one does fun like Carnival. Book your dream vacation at Carnival.com. Ships Registry, The Bahamas, and Panama. eBay Motors is here for the ride. You saw the potential, and through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive entirely its own. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you can make sure your ride stays running smoothly. Brake kits, LED headlights, exhaust kits, turbochargers, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, 
eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive where drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average. Plus, auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. Quote now at Progressive.com to see if you could save. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates, national average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. This is Star Talk. Back on Star Talk, bioethics is the subject of this edition of Cosmic Queries. Matthew Liao, you're our ethicist. You're, you're head of a whole center for bioethics. So everybody comes to you with their problems. <laughs> is, that, is that how that works? I don't know. And uh, always good to have you, Paul. So uh, when we. Uh, when we left off, there was a question about crossing red lines. Yeah, this is Patrick Lynn, Facebook. Are there any red lines that we should not cross? And the related question is, have there been any red lines that you feel we've crossed that should be rolled back? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, well, I think there are many red lines that we shouldn't cross. So uh, some people are, I mean, just, you know, creating humans that will be like slave humans, for example. I mean, that's, that's an obvious one. Doesn't uh, that happen anyway yeah. if you create humans who are perfect? Then the humans who are not created perfect are left as slave to the perfect. Well, one. you really hate uh. perfection. <laughs> <laughs> no, then you're making a slave class right. without purposely making a slave class. Yeah. Uh, so there's this view that I mean, even in our society now, sort of people have dif differential abilities, mm -hmm. right? But we think that everybody has equal, like they're they're all they all have the same moral status, yes. right? Yes. And so we could still people have under that the view. eyes of the law. That's mm -hmm. right. That's right. And so we could still have that even if you have like some people who are perfect and other people not as perfect. Who right? would be enslaved they, by they, them. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and how about red lines that we have crossed that you would roll back today? I got one. Yeah. I'm old enough. I'm older than all y'all. Mm -hmm. uh, to remember the announcement of the first test tube baby mm. that was born. That was banner headlines. Mm -hmm. Test tube baby. Yeah. And today, that's not even an interesting point to raise on a first date, <laughs> whether you were in vitro or in utero right. conceived. What right. were you like dating? Is that, your, <laughs> is that your opening line? No, but there was a day that might have been a thing. Yes. Yeah, I'm a test tube baby. Yeah. It was like, wow, yeah. tell me about That's it. That's a really good point. Well, right, right. Like and so, and, and back then, people say, are we playing God mm -hmm. by fertilizing eggs in a test tube? Mm -hmm. And now it's like, of course you're doing it. This is, this mm -hmm. is the fertility aid that goes on every day for mm -hmm. so many couples. So I bet... That, that would be a line that existed back then that we cross, and now you'd roll it back because mm -hmm. we're all just accustomed to it. Right. Would you agree? I, actually, we just ran a, uh, a conference on the ethics of donor conception two weeks ago at mm. NYU, mm -hmm. and there were all these um, uh, donor-conceived individuals, and they were saying that they shouldn't have been born. 
should not have should been not born. have been born. Why? Yeah, they were um, because they feel that like they don't know who their genetic parents are. Uh-huh. They feel very isolated uh, from yeah. You know, there's just a lot of psychological. Well, this trauma. idea of God. I mean, yeah. if you're an atheist, yeah. right? Like, so this I was curious about this. Like, where does religion creep into this? Right. Oh, good mm. point. So, like, yeah. people start to go well because ethics know, panels typically have a pastor or somebody right. yeah. that brings a religious right. philosophy to the argument. And yeah. if I don't, if religion is not a part of my life on any level. Mm-hmm. Why am I leaving to this some ephemeral? That explains game? everything about you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm soulless, you heathen, everybody. You heathen. That's that's my tour, the soulless stand-up you, comedy. You're tour. going yeah. to hell. <laughs> <laughs> but so, even religion, the side. Yes, yeah, so, 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 how does religion fold into this? Um, so religious ethics, I guess. Yeah, religious. So some people uh, look at ethics from a re- religious standpoint. So there's like divine command theory. What would God do, or what would God command in certain situations? So mm-hmm. that, so they would look at these issues from that uh, angle. Speaking for God, on the assumption that they understand the mind of God, for having read books that they presume God wrote. Okay. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> just, just, just want to clarify. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, there's a view that there's the natural law view that what God would want is what uh, our best reasoning, uh, uh, you know, whatever we come up with our best reasoning. At the time. Or, yeah, at the time. Yeah. yeah. And so that's sort of a natural law type okay. view. Okay. So I just don't know. I don't like yeah. you, And you alluded to this, bringing a perfect person into the world, right? Mm-hmm. This idea of bioethics and whatever. Yeah. And it's like, but then you look at the world we live in, right? Like yeah. we're obsessed. Okay, we're going to make geni- genetically enhanced corn mm-hmm. so we have better nutrition so that we're in better shape to kill each other. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right? Like, yeah, 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 yeah. It's uh-huh. sort of like, I, I just feel like it's... Here we like, do. We need a gene for rational thought. <laughs> Let's work on that one, okay? Yeah. Get your people to... Yeah. Do, to, yeah. to all right? Let's yeah. trademark it. Yeah. Well, there are like a lot of people talking about moral enhancement. Like, you know, can we enhance ourselves morally so that we're less aggressive and more uh, uh, sympathetic and empathetic to the plights of others, mm-hmm. et cetera, et cetera. Mm-hmm. I say yeah. screw other people. <laughs> um, Next question. Go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. go for it. Um... We are going to go to Dixon Clinton, Instagram. Uh, combining CRISPR and ever-advancing AI will be the downfall of humankind, right? How many years do I have before I'm being murdered by cyborg overlords? <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> wow, you got to stop going to the movies. <laughs> yeah, so when do we all die? Yeah. Oh, well, we're all going to die. <laughs> okay, <laughs> right? good. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah. yeah, so that's that's the question there. So, is. you know, uh, some people like Ray Kurzweil thinks that, you know, by 2050, we'll have super intelligence. Other scientists, AI scientists. Ray Kurzweil, that, if, yeah. hey, we have interviewed him on Star Talk yeah, in a yeah. live uh, taping. Yeah, yeah, go on. Yeah, and so, and other people... Uh, say it's not so, you know, like they're less optimistic, but they think that maybe by uh, 2100 we'll have super intelligence. And so, um, and so there's a real life issue. What happens when you have these really smart AIs that are, you know, that are smarter than us? We know, become their like, slaves. We become right. their slaves, if we're right. lucky. Mm-hmm. Then maybe they, they well, maybe we'll think, just become their pets. Yeah. <laughs> or maybe we'll go what? out I of mean, existence. I can see yeah. you sniffing your butt. <laughs> 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 well, so maybe I went too far there. I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, all right, this is Chris Cherry, Instagram. Right. Hi, Chris, from the Sunshine Coast, uh, Australia. Not Austria, Australia. Australia. Uh, should we fear DNA samples being... Uh, required by health insurance companies and employers. Potentially, uh, you could be discriminated against because of something you have no control over. Yeah, 
Chris, it's called race and ethnicity. It's happening every day. But yeah, go ahead. Absolutely. You, you, you alluded yeah. to this about the insurance. Yeah, no, absolutely. I, I think that's a real worry that as um, you know, more and more of our information are available, you know, through genetic testing, et cetera, et cetera. You know, companies might use that in sort of inappropriate ways or unethical ways. So, you know, so an ethics so. board would say no. Insurance companies will not have access to your DNA. That's right. Okay. Or maybe a society. Maybe that's something that's beyond the like uh, ethics board. Something. So don't leave need. a coffee cup that you sip from in yeah. the in the insurance office. Yeah. <laughs> they, might then they might take they swab swab, they swab it instead. Just show up completely. Yeah. Swab your spit. Yeah. Suit <laughs> <and> gloves. Yeah. <laughs> um, All right, we got to go to lightning round. Okay, okay ready? Right. Yeah. So you're going to ask your question mm -hmm. and. Uh, and Matthew, you have to answer it in a soundbite. Okay. Pretend you're on the evening news okay. and they're only going to soundbite you. Okay. Okay? Go. Okay, this is uh, <clears throat> Justin Vilden uh, from Instagram. What's your opinion on ethics uh, of manipulation slash creation of AI in general? Could we manipulate with it so far to come close to something resembling our own consciousness? Not yet. When? Um... It's it's uh, hard to say. So I, I don't think we uh, have figured out what consciousness is, or you know, sort of the biological substrates of consciousness to be able to do that yet. None of the uh, machine learning technologies right now can do that. The day we understand so. consciousness, how soon after that do we program that into computers? Um, the next day. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Okay. Yes. No. Yeah. Okay. Next yeah. question. Uh, is this De Janeiro? Uh, Instagram. Do you think AI and humans will be integrated, or DNA editing? Uh, can be used to create superhumans like we see in X-Men. I like that because if you can edit the DNA, what do you need the computer for? Mm -hmm. That's, yeah. That's the question, exactly. right? Yeah. So the computers might be faster, right? So they have more bandwidth. Oh, so good. the yeah, brain yeah. is sort of very slow. It thinks very slowly. So you can imagine that once you can kind of augment through some sort of brain-computer interface, it gives you vast amount of storage, space, capacity, upgrade, and you know, perfect memory. And perfect mm. It's memory. none of this arguing about what happened. You yeah. Know. <laughs> right, yeah, exactly. I said this. <laughs> yeah. No, I didn't forget to yeah. buy the milk. Let's go to the, the videotape. Yeah. Right, that's, uh, this is a theme on many episodes of Black Mirror. Yes. By the way, yes, yeah. you should check it out okay. yeah. on Netflix. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, next. Uh, Galaxy Star Girl Xbox Instagram. Do you think? Whoa! <laughs> I, <you know laughs> Excellent. I, I love just, it. And, okay. Then, uh, and there's an underscore, but I left that out. Do you think the future of AI in society will bring about uh, the less need for doctors? I believe doctors will still be needed, just in fewer numbers. Yeah, I'm not sure about the numbers, but uh, you know we're going to have wearables that are going to be able to track our heartbeats. Uh, our toilets are going to be able to, you know, kind of, you know, analyze our stool, you know, and sort of tell us whether we're healthy and, and not or not. And then that's going to be sent to doctors. Do you want your gonna... toilet talking about your poop? <laughs> <laughs> you know, so. That's oh, what he my, just said. If my toilet could talk, <laughs> it, would, it would throw up. <laughs> so, um, but I, I think it's coming. Smart toilets are. Are coming so uh that's sort of the that's the next business you know <laughs> oh, next. opportunity okay. <laughs> uh, i uh this is from uh kristen versailles instagram i would like to know what are the considerations to judge something as quote good or bad in the aspects of modifying an organism an organism <clears throat> genetically humans for instance so I have this view that uh, humans need uh, some basic capacities, things like the ability to be able to think, 
uh, to have deep personal relationships and things like that. And so I think that whatever we do with genetic modification, we shouldn't interfere with those core human capacities. And and if uh, say uh, and the flip side of that is if uh, an embryo like an offspring doesn't have those capacities, then we should try to make sure that they have those in whatever genetic core, way, mm-hmm. in whatever possible. genetic way. And it's beyond possible. that, it's just yeah. it's just luxury right. items. That's right, off of a shopping list. That's right. <laughs> okay. That's right. Exactly. Exactly. All right, next. Yeah. Go. Um, okay. Yeah. Got time for like one more. Mm-hmm. Here we go. Um, That'd be a good one, dude. Uh, wow, there's a lot of pressure here. Um, Okay, this is uh, Dagan Pleak Instagram. We will attempt, uh, will we attempt to splice human DNA with other animal DNA to make mutants of a sort? Uh, would this conflict with our ethics? And what are your thoughts on creating new humanoid species? It's called a centaur, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> or a minotaur. Yeah. Yeah. A minotaur. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's a great question. So it relates to what I just said earlier. I think as long as we don't affect those f- core fundamental capacities, sometimes we might look into these type of, uh, you know, like augmentations, these, you know, combining what different What animal genes. would you want to splice with a human? I can yeah. tell you. Would you want to be? I'll tell hey, you. Let me guess. I'll tell you in a my dog, con- so you can con- sniff. <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you in my concluding remarks, I will, I will tell oh. you. Yes. Oh. Yes. So we got time for just some, some reflective uh, thoughts. Uh, so, Paul, why don't you go first? Um, I, I, I just think all of these questions that you deal with, it, it's endlessly fascinating and on some level open-ended, right? You seem to have the most subjective sort of job in a way. Plus, you're like the calmest person I've yeah. ever met. Oh. Yeah, which means you're up to no good. <laughs> yeah, he's hiding something. Yeah, he's not hiding something. When you're that guy, you know something that we don't. Right? Um, and uh, th- th- we didn't get much into this, but this—I I know you've done a lot of work with uh, manipulation of memory mm-hmm. for PTSD, mm-hmm. rape victims, etc., mm-hmm. and erasing thought. Is that? Making advances. Was that part of your TED talk? Is that right? Yes, yeah. yes. yes. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. And can I have it in September? Because I'm going to a reunion in high school and I want to <laughs> wipe out the memory of asking <laughs> Renee Sherlock to the prom and getting turned down twice. I want to wipe out her memory and. And mine. both memories. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Take some propranolol with you. <laughs> I knew you were. So he's, got, he's got it. He's got the drugs. Is that pr- very fairly far along? Uh, that's that's pretty far alone, but you got unfortunately you got to take it within twelve hours of asking someone to a prom. So uh, <laughs> you know, oh, so it's so, erases your short term memory. That's right. It, okay. it, it stops it from consolidating into the long term memory. Um, there's uh, there's another thing, something called uh, zip. Uh, so there's this idea that you I'm know, not consuming when, anything called zip. Yeah. <laughs> zip erases everything. Really? Yeah. Wow. Zip erases I'll see everything. you after the show. Yes. <laughs> So, so, Matthew, yeah. give us some some reflective concluding remarks here. Uh, so, I think these uh, the, there uh, a lot of these new technologies there on the horizon. Uh, I think they have a lot of promises, but we also should worry about their. You know, we should be mindful of their ethical implications, and um, you know, I think they can for the keeping you employed. That's right. <laughs> so that you know, it keeps me employed. That's hilarious, right? It keeps raising issues that aren't issues. <laughs> No, that's an issue. It is. It's not an issue yet. But <laughs> yeah, it's it an issue. Be. My kid's going to college next year. It's yeah. an issue. Yeah. Um, and I think ultimately our aim is to sort of uh, uh, create human well-being, human flourishing. And so we want to make sure that these technologies do that. Mm. So, so here's, here's what I think. Not that anyone asked. <laughs> Wait, Neil, what do you think? <laughs> Thank you, Paul. Um, the fact that you can crossbreed the genetics 
of different species at all. Mm-hmm. We do this. We do this often in the food chain. Is a reminder that all life has some common DNA. So we should not be surprised that you can take a fish DNA put in a tomato. Just just a reminder that we're all related genetically. So what I think to myself is the human form is not some perfect example of life. I like the fact that newts can regenerate their limbs. Where's the gene sequence for that? Hmm. Let's put that in humans and give it first to veterans who have lost their legs or arms hmm. and regrow our limbs. Yeah. If a newt can do it and we have genetic editing, why can't we do it? And why haven't we? And hmm. Well, maybe that's to come. But hmm. I look at what is possible mm-hmm. in the experimentation of the biodiversity that is life on Earth and say, why can't we have some of that? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and that is a thought from the cosmic perspective. I want to thank Matthew Liao. A second time on Star Talk, we will bring you back for sure. Oh, thank you. All right. And um ha- have fun down not fun, but you know, work hard, thank make you. a better world for us or help us make a better yeah. world for ourselves. I'll keep creating <laughs> issues that aren't really issues. So <laughs> By the way, best mind eraser, it's better than vodka. Right, right. Even invented. (laughs) (laughs) Takes out those cells right there. Paul, always good to have you. Thank you. All right. I've been and will continue to be Neil deGrasse Tyson, your personal (laughs) astrophysicist, coming to you from my office at the Hayden Planetarium of the American Museum of Natural History. And as always, I bid you to keep looking up. In a fast-paced world, every day brings new challenges and new opportunities. At Strayer University, we know a thing or two about getting and staying ahead of change. For over 130 years, we've been providing students like you with innovative tools and customized support. So you can find your way forward and always keep striving. Visit Strayer.edu to learn more. Strayer University is certified to operate in Virginia by CHEV and has many campuses, including at 2121 15th Street North in Arlington, Virginia. Sometimes it takes a different approach to help you unlock your true potential. With Capella University's game-changing FlexPath learning format, you gain relevant skills you can apply to your career right away. Earn your degree from an accredited university and be confident in the quality of your education. Imagine your future differently at capella.edu. Capella University is accredited by the Higher Learning Commission. Learn more at capella.edu accreditation.